Thursday, Steve Bannon's legal team went to court to tell Judge Cornelia Pillard that their client should not, in fact, go to jail for defying a congressional subpoena from the January 6th Select Committee because, get this, Judge Pillard, our guy, Mr. Bannon here, was protected via executive privilege because he was a member of the Trump administration, so he doesn't have to comply with a subpoena to tell him to come in and reveal all these things that were covered under executive privilege. Therefore, you cannot send him to jail for doing that. Well, Judge Pillard responded pretty much the way you would expect Judge Pillard to respond by essentially telling them like, yeah, that's not a thing. But she did it far more professional than I would have, which maybe that's why I'm not a judge. Also, didn't go to law school, so that probably helps too. Uh, Here's what she said. First of all, Bannon's lawyer said, quote, the privilege is presumptively valid. To which Judge Pillard uh, responded, well, it's just, that's so broad to say it's presumptively valid, even at its broadest, where the Office of Legal Counsel has written, for example, that a former senior official can assert an absolute testimonial immunity. It only covers communications within the scope of that former senior official's service in the White House, and none of the conducted issues here was during Mr. Bannon's service in the White House, was it? None of it. And the attorney who just tried to argue that he's covered from executive privilege said, uh, right judge, it it was during the presidency. And then the judge asked, but not during Mr. Bannon's service to which the attorney sheepishly responded, correct your honor. So Bannon's lawyers, apparently of the same legal caliber as Donald Trump's lawyers, uh, they go to the judge and they say, Hey judge, our dude's got executive privilege, which basically means testimonial immunity didn't have to comply with the subpoena. Therefore he cannot go to jail. And the judge says, listen, um, that executive privilege only covers communications from inside, you know, back and forth, essentially to the president of the United States. And the, the attorney's like, yeah, that's right. And the judge says, but your guy, your guy wasn't a part of the administration during the time period that he was going to have to testify for. Isn't that right? And the lawyer was like, yep. Oh, shucks. Shouldn't have said that, right? Because you just admitted that your client doesn't get the very thing that you literally went to court to argue that he should get. So no executive privilege for you, buddy boy. But I got to hand it to these lawyers to be perfectly honest with you. They knew this going in. They knew that exec- they know what executive privilege covers, by the way, a hundred percent. They know what executive privilege covers. They were effectively throwing the spaghetti on the wall to see if any of it was going to stick and none of it did. Now they got this big old mess to clean up. They all look like idiots and Steve Bannon will probably end up going to jail. Not just because his lawyers are, you know, horrible at this, but because he has no actual defense for defying that congressional subpoena last year. There is no defense of it. So it is what it is, but don't get your hopes up too much folks, right? Steve Bannon's not going to go be locked away for, you know, a couple of years. It'll be a couple months. That's it. Probably get out earlier than we would expect him to. So this is going to be more like a really horrible, horrible vacation for Steve Bannon than an actual punishment, but it will happen nevertheless. And I guess we could take a little solace in that, right? 
interesting thing happened last week during Donald Trump's rally in Hialeah, Florida. And that interesting thing was that Donald Trump got booed by his own crowd. Not only did he get booed, but he was then very confused as to why he got booed in the first place. He didn't understand what was happening, but in all fairness, the crowd wasn't necessarily booing him. They were just booing when he started praising a Republican lawmaker from the state of Florida. Republican lawmaker by the name of Carlos Jimenez uh, is a Republican representative from Florida. And Donald Trump mentions the name and he says, do you know him? And then the whole crowd started booing down there in Hialeah, Florida. They're booing. Trump's like, well, what, what? And Trump goes, oh, you, you don't like him. What, what's going on? Carlos, come on. We, we got to get that straightened out. So even Trump was confused. He's like, what, what, what is going on? Like I mentioned this guy, I, I like this guy. This guy endorsed me back in April as a member of the house. He voted against both of my impeachments. He voted against certifying the results of the 2020 election. He acted as one of my surrogates at the Republican debate in Miami. Like what, what, why do you guys not like him? He is a loyal Trumper. And for the record, nobody in the crowd really offered up any explanation whatsoever as to why they don't like representative uh, Jimenez. And I may be pronouncing that incorrectly, correctly. And my apologies if I am, uh, just apologize to the audience, not to Congressman Jimenez. You voted to not certify the election results. I owe you no apologies if I mispronounce your name, but it was, uh, you know, the daily beast did a little digging and they did find out that back in 2016, when he was mayor of Miami, he actually did endorse Hillary Clinton for president, which politically speaking, that actually makes sense, right? Miami at the time was a blue area in a red state. So endorsing the democratic candidate was the politically smart thing to do. Florida then started turning way more red. Uh, Jimenez, uh, went and ran as a Republican for Congress, became a staunch Trump supporter and ally. You know, he saw the errors of his formerly liberal ways and became a MAGA cult member. But apparently that crowd didn't want to forgive and forget, but it is weird, right? Are there cracks in the Trump cult? Are there some things that these cultists are just not willing to go along with Donald Trump on? Because that's my, that's my big thing about this, right? It's not just that Trump got booed. Trump's out there saying, listen, here's a guy I like a guy who endorsed me months ago. One of the first people to do it, by the way, voted against my impeachments, voted not to certify the 2020 election results. He's been my guy. I have used him for other things as well. He's a friend. He's an ally. He's a good man. And the crowd's like, nope, nope, we're not going with it. We're not buying it. So are there things that even that MAGA cult will not believe when their leader tells them to believe it? Because if that's the case, maybe there's hope for these people. Maybe they're not as far gone as, as I think they are, right? Like that's a good thing. So maybe this is a story of hope. Maybe it means they're not as brainwashed as a lot of us have thought they were. 
maybe they can be pulled out of that Trump cult if they're not willing to blindly believe everything he says. Or maybe their hatred of Hillary Clinton just boiled over for a brief moment and they'll go right back to supporting everything Donald Trump says. To be honest, that probably seems like the far more likely scenario. According to a rather shocking new report from the Daily Beast at the end of this past week, Marjorie Taylor Greene has essentially been on this year-long smear campaign inside of Congress, like in the halls of Congress, talking to other representatives, a smear campaign against somebody who used to be her friend, or at least appeared to used to be her friend, Lauren Boebert. Marjorie Taylor Greene, according to multiple Republican members of Congress who spoke to the Daily Beast, confirmed that Marjorie Taylor Greene has repeatedly, to multiple different people throughout this year, referred to Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene's words, according to the members of Congress, as a whore. That's the word she is using to describe Lauren Boebert to everybody she's talking to in Congress. Some of the people who spoke to the Daily Beast, again, members of Congress, said she's either said it to them or they've heard her talking to the people, you know, right next to them, calling Boebert these names. And as we all know, back in June, there was the incident on the House floor where Green walked up to Boebert, called her a little bitch. Um, There was the confrontation that took place, according to reports, in the bathroom between these two. You know, prior to that, like, there's some bad blood here. And of course, just in the last week, Marjorie Taylor Greene referred to vaping, groping Lauren Boebert, even though that was in response to Boebert actually supporting something that Marjorie Taylor Greene did. So effective. Oh, and by the way, these uh, members of Congress also say that Marjorie Taylor Greene is also saying these things to Donald Trump. So the smear campaign has extended beyond the halls of Congress And it's now happening with Green trashing Boebert to Trump. So the question I have is why, right? We know there was a big fallout between the two regarding the, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy speakership at the beginning of the year, but that that's not enough to cause this level of, of hatred. Like it's just blind hatred that Marjorie Taylor Green is filled with. So why? You know, my, my theory is, you know, the cats in the litter boxes, right? You got these two cats sharing the same litter box and that's going to lead to fighting. You know, that's why you got to have one litter box per cat plus one extra. That's the rule, uh, or the, you know, theory, whatever. So you get the two cats using the litter box. They're fighting constantly turning the halls of Congress effectively into the Jerry Springer show. God rest his soul. But that's what we're dealing with. They have turned Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene has, and let's be honest, Boebert's not innocent here, but they have turned the halls of Congress into daytime trash TV. That's what we're living with right now. That's what we're living through. And the question is, can we even get through it? Or is this how Congress is just going to be now? Don't get me wrong. There's been incidents in the past, hell, going all the way back to, you know, just not long after the country was founded, right? The caning of Charles Sumner on the floor of the Senate. So Congress has always been a place where you've had some roughnecks and some rednecks to be real with you. But 
this is kind of a new level of trash, right? This is like high school level drama that we are seeing from these members of Congress. And it's not going unnoticed by members of their own party. One Republican said, uh, it's ridiculous and dumb. Doesn't make any sense. If this is what you're holding on to, you limit yourself. So they're basically saying like green's being stupid. And she's basically kneecapping herself by being this stupid and petty against Marjorie Taylor green. But I do have to read this quote too, because the daily beast did reach out to Marjorie Taylor green. Like, Hey, we've heard you've been calling Bobert some names. You know, do you want to comment for the story? And Marjorie Taylor green said this, why are you working on a story? Because you like to write trash. You just can't help yourself. You're drawn to the gossip and the drama. You just love it so much. You got to create it and make it more and bigger and nastier. Yeah, you didn't deny it though. So, you know, I, I guess it's true. You were given the chance to deny it, to change the narrative, but you're like, oh, why are you working on a story? I don't know, because it's their job. We're dealing with idiots. We're dealing with trash. And with Marjorie Taylor Greene, we should never expect anything less than that. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.